0: The Gospel according to John, chapter 1, beginning with verse 6. Let us listen for the Word of God. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify to the light so that all might believe through him. He himself was not the light, but came to testify to the light. This is the testimony given by John when the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He confessed and did not deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? He said, I am not. Are you the prophet? He answered, No. Then they said to him, Who are you? Let us have an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? John said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Now then they had sent from the Pharisees. They asked him, why then are you baptizing if you are neither the Messiah nor Elijah nor the prophet? John answered them, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who is coming after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. This took place in Bethany, across the Jordan, where John was baptizing. Let us pray. Dear God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and redeemer. Amen. In London... Above the front doors to Westminster Abbey are a series of statues commemorating 20th century Christian martyrs. That's the image on the front page of your bulletin. Among them is Martin Luther King, Jr., a Christian minister and leader in the civil rights movement right here in America, who was assassinated after a lifetime fighting racism and working for equal rights. Beside him is Archbishop Oscar Romero, Archbishop of San Salvador in the 1980s, who was critical of violence there, and who was a hospital chaplain and assassinated while presiding over the Eucharist in the hospital where he was serving. Also there among those statues is Dietrich Bonhoeffer, German theologian from Germany who was executed in a Nazi concentration camp just days before liberation. Alongside these three are seven others from around the world, from all corners of the globe, whose life stories are equally revealing of a life lived in faith. Each of these martyrs in their own corner of the globe lived a life rooted in the Christian faith, And as martyrs, they died because of that faith. These people lived amid some of the most challenging, horrific, and dehumanizing circumstances that anyone has ever had to endure. And yet, despite opposition and challenge, they held on to faith. These people lived according to Christ. And in so doing, they lived in stark contrast to the circumstances that surrounded them. Amid persecution directed against Christians, against racism and violence, their lives radiated something different than the world around them. Their lives reflected hope and testified to the light of Christ what sometimes seemed and felt like a very dark world. These heroes of the Christian faith are immortalized not just in the stones of Westminster Abbey, but statues, books, poetry, music, public holidays, all over the world. In addition to these memorials and public acts of recognition, these people are remembered in the hearts and memories of those who might have had the fortune to have known them personally. Perhaps they are among those who shook their hands following a worship service, who received communion from them, who interacted with them in a jail cell in Birmingham or in the dehumanizing context of a prison camp outside of Germany. And additionally, each of us, I'm sure, know heroes of the faith. Because there are many, many more who, like you and me, have become familiar with their lives and what their lives represented through the impact that their lives have made. These 20th century Christian martyrs lived lives that outlasted any of their days on earth. The gospel according to St. John launches straight into the ministry of John and Jesus. Unlike the gospel narratives of Matthew and Luke, John's gospel immediately establishes Jesus as light and life, skipping over the beautiful birth narratives that we celebrate at Christmas with Mary and Elizabeth and John and Zechariah. In John's gospel, he immediately establishes Jesus as life and light, launching into theological truths and describes John the Baptist as a witness to the life and light that was and is Jesus Christ. John the Baptist did such a good job witnessing to Christ and baptizing believers that the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask John, who are you? John responded that he was not the Messiah and then responded to subsequent questions as to whether he was Elijah or some other person known as the prophet, telling them that he was not them. John then echoed the words of the prophet Isaiah declaring, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. Amid destruction, injustice, hopelessness, despair, and even ambivalence, the prophet's prophet's job is not easy, but nevertheless they proclaim God's word, regardless of the readiness of others to receive that word. Immediately before today's lectionary reading, John's Gospel describes Jesus. In him was life. And that life was the light of all humanity. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. Next week with Christmas, as we do every week, we celebrate God's fullest expression of love for us and the world. In Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Jesus is light in the darkness. He is hope amid despair. His life gives light and life to others. Throughout Scripture, we see God's light and life-giving activity over and over again. It is through Jesus Christ and the promises of God confirmed in Him that provide the strength and courage to proclaim God's coming kingdom, regardless of our current circumstances. It is hope in Christ that provides strength for these present moments, regardless of how bleak or desperate the situation or our world may seem to be. The prophet Isaiah, as we have read already during Advent, the wolf will lie with the lamb, swords will be beaten into plowshares. Why do you and I or anyone else think the world should be any better than it currently is? It's because of Jesus Christ and his promises to us, and that's why we want so much more for the world in which we live, and indeed for each of our lives as well. Hope for something better isn't rooted in secular thinking or any place outside of the scripture and the church, but it's because we believe that God wants more, and so we do too. In addition to the examples of Christian faith commemorated above the front doors of Westminster Abbey, there are so many more whose lives reflect a love and strength rooted in Christ. And I feel fortunate to have met other examples of faith. People who reveal profound compassion and courage as they live with illness or care for loved ones in a hospital or their home or who stand up so that others are recognized. On mission trips, I've worked alongside people in the construction of homes who have demonstrated patience towards others and a vibrant faith in God despite poverty, illness, and even natural disaster. I remember working with Habitat for Humanity in Dumaguete, Philippines, and as my group was building a 12 by 12 foot cinder block house, across the street was another home. And in Habitat for Humanity, you know that if you receive a house through them, you then have to contribute sweat equity in the building of another house. And so the person who was instructing my group lived across the street and blazoned across a cinder block home in bright red letters were the words, God is good. Here was someone who lived with great faith amid a poverty that I was only experiencing for a few days what an example for me and for all of us. So too, in the hospital room, I have had the privilege of meeting people who, while undergoing great pain or concerns for health, live with a courage that was rooted in their faith. And their example has impacted me. Or someone who spent tireless hours sitting bedside so that someone else felt loved for, and advocated in a hospice or hospital situation. Truly, saints for the faith are all around us. People's lives can speak volumes, and it is amazing how one life can convey such amazing strength. And it's amazing how one life can provide such a powerful witness that can inform all the coming generations. Lives speak volumes. And when we read scripture, we read not just about theological truths, but we also read about individuals, people just like you and I, who lived lives of great faith and courage amid trying and difficult circumstances. We learn through the lives of Noah and Abraham, Mary and Martha, Peter, and Paul, and as is evident in today's readings, Jesus, and John. We learn through Jesus Christ not only what we are to believe about Christianity, but we learn what it means to be a Christian in this world amid both joys and difficulties alike. John's life reflected Christ so much that the priests, Levites, and Pharisees asked if he was the Messiah. And like all good reflections, John deflects the question in order to reflect God's love, saying, I baptize with water. Among you stands one whom you do not know, the one who comes after me. I am not worthy to untie the thong of his sandal. John doesn't consider himself worthy to untie the thong of Jesus' sandal. And yet, John is the one who will baptize him. We may not always consider ourselves to be very good reflections of Christ, but this is who we are. This is our responsibility, our glorious burden. It's our privilege. Just as God has used imperfect people throughout the ages, God can and does use us. This task will be difficult at times. At times we will find ourselves like Isaiah crying out in the wilderness to a world that doesn't understand and doesn't want to listen, but through Christ, because of Christ, we are called to reflect a new way of life, a way of life rooted in God, guided by the Spirit, founded in what we will celebrate next week, Emmanuel, God with us, Jesus as the light, truth, and life. As we seek Christ's light in our lives, may we also strive to be a light in the life of someone else, because in so doing, we live lives that are luminous of God's love and presence in this world. When we live lives that testify to Christ's light, we live lives that are bigger than ourselves. We may not be immortalized in the statues above Westminster, but I'm willing to bet you will be remembered in the life of somebody you touch. You may not know it, but live like it. Because one day, I think, when I ask or someone asks someone else who impacted their life, who taught them about faith, who taught them something that gives them strength, someone, somewhere, may point to you. A son or a daughter, a niece or a nephew, a brother, a sister, a friend, someone sitting around you in church who observes you but may never even say something to you. Someone may see something in you that strengthens and guides how they live. We are lights for Christ in the world. We come here to receive that light. We come here to be strengthened in that light. And we leave here to be that light, as imperfect as it might be. We're made perfect in the Spirit. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.